with me, Don Clark. I have known Don Clark for about, what, four years now? Four or five years? Four years. Yeah. yeah. Has it been that long? It's been that long. <laughs> it's been that long. So uh, Don, is a com- he's in broadcasting. And Don Clark, uh, if you listen to his voice, I always say he has the best voice. The best voice. But he's in broadcasting. <laughs> he's also done some radio. So we're going to find out some more things he's done um, as well. He's also the feature of... All of Us Magazine, which will be out by Monday, so you'll be able to download it and take a look and see what else he's doing. Um, but we're actually here to talk about his past, and then we're going to go straight into his future of what he's doing. Ooh, he has a new ooh, we're going to talk about my past. Oh, yeah, mm. we're going to talk about your past, man. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, so, Don, um, how did you start broadcasting? Because I, I think I read 30 years you've been in broadcasting? 35 plus. Wow. Yeah. You know, it it was, I'm from a very small town up in Wisconsin, and my brother and I both wanted to get into broadcasting. Bob was 10 years older. He got into into TV, and uh, he said, why don't you, why don't you come into TV with me? And I said, eh, I like radio. I, I've got a face for radio. I'll stay with radio. <laughs> and that's what I, and that's what I did. And I started at a very small, like all of us did, you know, at the time. Started a very small radio station out in the middle of nowhere, up in Wisconsin, and did everything from reading the news to doing play-by-play sports to doing a show, whatever it whatever it took. Uh, to so get this is more like a news station. It was it was a what they called at the time they were called full service AM stations. So. Oh. You did news, you did music, you did sports. Uh, there used to be this little thing called swap shop that we used to do that people would call in and trade whatever they had oh, or wow. whatever anybody would give them. It was it was really, really, truly small town radio. And it was a great area. It was a great station to to learn. Um, I was I was lucky. I, there were guys like Jim Cursole and Chris Bauman and and uh, Chris Bernier. I mean, these guys were the ones that owned it, and mm-hmm. these were <clears throat> these were big time broadcasters from Minneapolis who just wanted to own a station, and and they they taught us well. So um, wow. that's that's really where I got the start, and it was it was yeah thirty five plus years ago already. What's your experience if someone wanted to get in broadcasting? What is something you could tell them they can expect when they first? I'm pretty sure it's changed over the years, but what could they expect if they're going to walk into this the first day and they say, "I, I, I really want to get into broadcast"? Or what they need to do? Be open to do anything, uh, wow. anything and everything. Be open to do. Um, ask a lot of questions. Uh, don't come in thinking that you're going to make a lot of money right away because you're not. Uh, the money will come. It will. It'll. It'll get there. But you want to be able to go in with an open mind, and uh, you're, it's you know it's that passion for for radio that got us into it. And there were a lot of people that I knew that got into it and didn't stay with it because what they thought was passion was just you know a, a, a passing phase, I guess. But the rest of us that stuck around, um, you know, there's been a lot of changes, as you know, in broadcasting yes. over the years. And uh, you've got to be adaptable. You've got to be able to to change and uh, and 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 have have a good sense of humor. <laughs> because well, because you're, gonna, you're not going to walk in being a host, right? Because you just no, you have to be the no. news. You have and, to do the weather. Know, yeah, we've we talked about that before when when you and I were yes. when I was at the Illinois Center for Broadcasting, now the Illinois Media School. Uh, when kids would come in and talk to me about what they were going to be doing in broadcasting, I'd always tell them, well, you're, the first day that you're, the, you're there, you're not going to be on the air. And they were offended by it. And I said, well, no, don't be offended by it. I said, you, you have to learn the fundamentals of that particular station because every station is a little bit different. But as you learn more and more of those stations, uh, you'll become more bankable. and like I said, the money will come. The money will be there. So, but it also takes the personality as well, right? I mean, oh, especially yeah. if you're one of the ones that want to be a host and have your own show. 
So it takes yeah. personality. I, you know, I remember when I first started, you would always hear the term personality radio. And I was very naive when I first got in. And I mm -hmm. thought what they meant by personality radio was coming up with a different personality, coming up with a different <laughs> persona for when you, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. I did. I thought, you know, it's, and I would always remember hearing these, you know, big time radio announcers and, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. And then it, it was a guy that set me straight, um, George Ballman, who said, no, 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 just be yourself. He said, you've got a great personality. You love to tell stories, blah, 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 blah. Do all that and you're going to do just fine. And so that's, that's what I did. And that's what you did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So everybody listen now. Don't think that you can just go straight into the radio business you have to read the news you have to get the coffee <laughs> oh, oh yeah. go to the store you gotta, yeah you gotta go fill up the gas fill the van with gas <laughs> all right so let's you move know. down some years you've been in radio you've been in broadcasting how long did you stay in radio and did you ever move over or transition over to television i uh, never did the i never did the transition into tv i mm -hmm. uh, i i once I got into radio, I when I left Wisconsin, I went to Connecticut, and I was working for a number of stations in Connecticut. Then I found myself in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Then I found myself back in Massachusetts. It's you know the old you know town to town, up and down the dial, uh, moving around. I've moved. I, I actually had to sit and count one night. I moved really? fifteen times what? in my career, and I always wished that. Uh, at U-Haul had a frequent mover card because I could have saved a little money. But, you know, it's the opportunities came along and I had to take them. And I, I ended up leaving New England and I went back to Wisconsin. I got a, a call from a guy in Green Bay who was running a group of stations in northern Wisconsin. And he said, mm -hmm. we, we heard about you. We want to talk to you. Uh, we've got some oldie stations. We think you'd be perfect. And quite honestly, Alice, when I found out that it was an oldies radio station, I was in heaven. <laughs> you know, growing up, I can imagine growing up where I did. There used to be these things. There's still still some around, but they were the daytime radio stations that were only on the air during the day. And at sunset, they would go off the air. Well, when those stations went off the air. And I, this is going back to the 60s when I was a little kid and I was messing around with the radio. I mm -hmm. could tune in and hear these stations out of Memphis and Little Rock and Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Oh, wow. And I just, and listening to it, that that's where you heard music that you wouldn't hear otherwise. And right. you had a chance to hear the blues. You heard, you heard R&B. You heard all these great artists that, you would rush out the next day to whatever record store you could find to see if you could buy them. And it was just, you were indoctrinated into this different vibe of music. So when I had a chance to program that, I jumped at it. And I yeah, did that okay. for up there. I did that for eight years before I ended up here in Chicago. Oh, wow. Well, what is yeah. um, 35 years? I'm pretty sure you could tell them what is one of the toughest, um, Toughest task in, 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 in broadcasting? What is, what is tough for you? Or what was tough? Because 35 years, it should have been easier after a while. Yeah, I think one of the, you know, one of the toughest things that I dealt with was getting fired. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, you're going to get fired. I tell, I tell my different, <laughs> you will get fired. I guarantee it. You will get fired. Yeah, fact, that's like a, a huge turnover in broadcasting, isn't it? In radio broadcasting, it's a, it's a huge turnover yeah. in host. Yeah. And they will let you go very quickly. Uh, it's, you know, we've decided to make a change. And they hand you an envelope and you go home. And it, it hurts like hell. But, you know, you... I have always been a big believer in, and we can touch on this in just a little mm -hmm. bit, but I, a big believer in out of every catastrophe comes an opportunity. Yes. And that has, that's been a part of that. I did get fired, 
you know, and, and so you, yeah, you can trust me. I've been fired. <laughs> I've been fired. So they said never so trust it, anyone who hasn't been fired. <laughs> right. Um, so is it like a numbers game with radio broadcasting? Yeah, you know, it's it, the the ratings came out, and you know, your ratings aren't as good. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move you to nights. We're gonna put you back on nights. And we've got somebody else that's coming in the midday. You know, and that kind of stung, but. You know, it's after a while you realize, well, it's, you know, what, hey, whatever's best for, for the station. Okay. Yes. Uh, so that, that was a hard part. Uh, just, you know, the, the traveling around that stuff, that was all fun. I loved that. I, going to another station was just an absolute blast. I didn't, never had a problem with moving, but it was leaving when you would move on to a different station uh, you, you said goodbye to a lot of really close friends. This is a very family-oriented business. Everybody becomes family very quickly. I can uh, imagine. You, you love each other. You hate each other. You argue with each other. It's, <laughs> it really is a family atmosphere. And when you leave that family, especially after you've been there for a while, you know, yeah. it's like, this, is, this hurts. This is, this is going to be tough. But then you move on to the next one. And I, of all the stations that I worked at, there was always one person that I still keep in touch with uh, that was just, you know, a, a great, just a great brother or sister that, you know, and when I did morning radio, there was a, a lady that I worked with, Veronica Carter. She was my morning wife, my radio wife. Mm. And we mm. did a morning show for three years together, which is a lifetime in radio. And, <laughs> uh, just, it, you know, just the the good times, the good times definitely outweigh the bad. That's why it's always kind of tough to, to pick one bad thing, but you know, that's if you are looking at a bad thing, that's about as bad as you can get losing your job. <laughs> Did you stay at the radio station when you moved to Chicago? Uh, you know what? I can't, I was, I was recruited to come down here to program a few stations that were in a group in Northwest Indiana. And um, they were, still considered the Chicago market. It was a, they were fringe stations. So they were on the outlying areas. Um, and I, you know, just, I did the work with them and I did, there were some stations in Chicago that would call me up and say, Hey, could you do some commercials for us and stuff like that? And I, I never turned down, you know, that's a, I guess another good lesson, never turn down money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, hey, we, we, we'd like to do this for you. You going to pay me? Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. You know, that's funny. <laughs> You're like, never turn down money. I never turn down money, people. Never ever. turn down money. I like the way it feels, and I like the way it, I like the way you can spend. I it. like the way my shoes look because I bought money from the, with the money with the money. So, <laughs> so, um, so now you're back in Chicago. You're mm -hmm. doing some programming. Now I met you at the school. Was that was that years later that you end up at the school or doing yeah, that? That was you know, and and uh, it was a weird thing. I got fired, and again. You know, okay, well, you know, that's you should be used to it now. <laughs> uh, I'm used to it, <clears throat> and uh, I ended up getting a hold of the school because the guy that was running the school uh, at the time, his name is Bill Natale. Bill, mm -hmm. Bill, and I have known each other for years. Bill worked with my brother in television, and uh, uh, when I found out that he was running the school, I reached out to Bill, and I went down and met with him in his office, and we talked for about ten minutes. And he said, well, let's get you teaching. And I said, just like that. And he said, he said, how long have you been in radio? <laughs> I told him, he said, I think you qualify. We can get you started right away. So, yeah, I, I was with the school, uh, the, the career services department for nine years. And uh, I loved it. I really did. It, it was a great opportunity to get kids into broadcasting uh and really helped and we helped a, in those nine years a lot of kids get a lot of really good starts everything from uh there's a uh, small station in north dakota that i still do work with kdkt yes. run by a guy out of uh out of arizona and he hired a lot of young sportscasters they did play-by-play -play sports for him and then we also had people that left the school and went right to San Francisco or went to Boston or went to Miami. I mean, they were working major markets right out of the school. 
So, and, and what is the what is the yeah. major what is the major market is um, like we would say for entertainment for um, acting you need to go to California or New York what is it for radio yeah yeah for radio it's you know the 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 top markets New York is number one mm-hmm. Los Angeles number two Chicago is number three Houston is number four uh, and then you've got Miami and then you've got Philadelphia and then you've got Boston Washington D.C. Uh, oh wow. And on and on. Uh, there are 260 plus markets in the country, and they're based uh, based on the major markets, which are the major cities in, right. in, in the United right. States. And then there's large, medium and small market radio. Um, and they're all, um, like I said about Chicago, with fringe stations on the outside, there are... Uh, in all of those markets, there are those fringe stations. So if you're if if you're new and you're starting off in broadcasting and you really want to work in Chicago, that's great. But try try working in Joliet first. Work at the uh, there's a great company called uh, Alpha Media that owns a number of stations all the way from Pleasant Prairie over to St. Charles, Aurora, uh, wow. Neighborville, wow. Joliet. They're great great stations and it's a great way to start off that will get you into the chicago market you just gotta like you mentioned earlier and like i mentioned you got to be able to go in and you know earn earn your stripes you got to earn your stripes go get the coffee (laughs) go get the coffee all right so now we're 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 at the beginning. We're at the middle. You get in Chicago, and then I look up and see you're working with the television or video. Yeah, I I ended up. It was kind of a roundabout way, but I I am now involved with. Well, like I said earlier, when you've got a catastrophe, you need to find an opportunity out of that catastrophe to to move forward. Yeah, and that's what I did, and now. I was working from home anyway, and I was able to start up Don's Basement Productions, which is something that I've really been doing ever since I've gotten into radio, Um, but now I'm able to do more of it. And just today, we we met with Buddy Guy at his club, along with his crew, and we're producing a documentary on, on Buddy. The but the guy is the is he's the uh, correct me if I'm wrong but he's the blues singer right? He's the blues singer. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we you know Buddy Guy Legends. He Buddy would be there every night in the month of January in residence, uh, and then he would be out on the road. Seventy four years old, still going strong. Really. And the the topic came up a while ago about maybe we should do uh, a documentary with Buddy. Uh, Buddy Guy Radio is actually something that myself and Carlton McDowell started up about two, two, three years ago now, two years for sure. And he wanted to do a blues radio station. And I said, if you really want to make an impact, get a name, get a name behind it. And he called me up about six months later. He said, would Buddy Guy work? And I said, that would be really good. Why? And he said, we got him. So Buddy Guy Radio, Buddy Guy Television came in. Um, and I just started working. I did a lot of freelance work. And and that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm doing, I'm working with some radio stations on consulting. Okay. I'm working with radio stations. I do their, uh, I do commercial work for them. I do little station promos and imaging, uh, the stuff that you hear in between the songs. I do that. Um, and it was a friend of mine here in Northwest Indiana who who said to me, you've been doing this long enough. You should be sitting at your desk with a, a laptop and a cell phone and talking to other radio stations and helping them succeed like you did. And I went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, keep the, I keep the coffee pot handy. And my wife has been working from home. My wife, Teresa, has been working from home since March. And uh, probably the greatest thing, Alice, is, is that 
yeah, we both are working from home and we both like each other. <laughs> and we get along. You get along. So, well, that will yeah. be very important, okay? <laughs> yes. And, and she she's upstairs and I'm down here. And then at night, we'll switch and I'll go up there. That's where I have all the the studio equipment. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's great. I'm loving it. It's, yeah. it's just absolutely a, a blast. And I still get calls from the school. I still get calls from kids saying, you know, hey, I, I had a job. I, I, I got a contract. They're talking about this. Can you help me out? And I told them when I left there, I said, I will always help you guys no matter what, as long as I am able to, you know, I can help to a point, but you know, this business is such a great business and I'm so lucky to have been able to work where I did and work with the best people that I have. And, you know, been able to, you know, meet the people that I've done and, and, and witnessed, witnessed history the way, the way we did all while on the air. You know, I thought about that last week when all of this was going on at the Capitol and what it was like to be on the air on that day. And it, it, you know, I, I turned the clock back to 9-11 when I was on the air that morning when that happened and being able to be a witness to history on something like that and to be able to, you know, look back on it as I, I still think 9-11 was my best day on the air and it was my worst day on the air because it was just so encapsulating of what was going on. Same thing happened last week. And it's, you know, it, it, and, and it happens again and again and again. Every generation has that moment. Uh, I always called it the old blank moment. When mm-hmm. you all of a sudden you're you're going through and you're like, oh my god, I'm really a witness to this, and and I'm the one that has to tell everybody what's going on and try to be calm about it and make sense of it. And when you then you when you go back and take a look at it again, it's like, God, that was amazing. Yeah. That was just an amazing day. It was a horrific day. I'm not making light of anything. It was a horrific day. But to be a part of that yeah. was. You got a chance to be very, a part of history. Right. Yeah. yeah that's what it, I was you saying. You got a chance to be a part of history. You know, with the events that's going on in the last few months with our presidential race and then um, the Capitol. Um, I, and, I, and I thought about the same thing at the end of the year. I thought about, oh, my. I have seen a black president. I have seen a president who was a reality host become president, a man who was a reality host become president. And then I have right. I seen, in my opinion, a man who started a um, civil war. And, I, and, and unbelievable, you would never believe it would ever happen in the United States. Other countries you may can say, you know, yeah, we can see that happening. In the United States, you would never think that our own Americans were bum rush the, the, the capital. Yeah. So when I, I I heard about it on the radio, mm-hmm. I was on the road when it happened, and when I got home and I I I turned on the TV and I remember looking at Teresa and Teresa's mom was here, and I looked at them. I said, "This is something that you see in Iran, in Iraq, in you know, in Bosnia. This this is not this is not us." This isn't what we're about. And I don't know. I I I, I hope that this is short-lived, but I don't think it is. No. Um, I think I think the best thing that people can do, you know, and I, I I'll be honest with you, I think it was uh, maybe it was Friday morning. I got in the car and I took a drive out to the Dunes Park the national park here in Northwest Indiana, because I knew I was going to be alone. I just needed some downtime to think about this and go, you know, you're not going to be able to, there's a lot of things that you can't make sense out of. And I think this is one of them. So the, the one thing that you can do is be with, be with your family, be with the ones you love, stick with them, (laughs) Talk to them, 
help each other through it and do whatever you can to get through it. Yes. And yes. I th- you'll be okay. But it's you'll just, okay. it's an amazing time. And it is. It is. And, and, and if you were still on a radio station, it would probably be even more amazing for you because you have to report it tonight. Once again, you say you have to stay calm while you're reporting this. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and that's, you know, and, and not only stay calm, but um, make sure that your everything is factual. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, you're not, it, it, things have, you know, that's another, another thing that has changed. There's a lot of different types of facts that come out about. these days. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like it was back in the day when you turned on the news at 530 at night and there was an old guy smoking a cigarette telling you the news and you knew it was, fa- you knew it was fact, you know, this yeah. guy was telling you the truth. And it changes. It changes quickly, just like that. It does. It it changes quickly. So this is a fact. One day it has says, and my sister and I were talking about um, the 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 COVID nineteen. And when it first started, um, you could take Tylenol. Then they said, no, you can't take Tylenol. It changed just that quick. Um, (laughs) um, And that's right. That's right after you took the Tylenol. It's like, oh crap. But now, when I had it, they said, "Oh yeah, now it's safe. You could take you could take um, Tylenol, or you could take ibuprofen." Yeah. You know, it, it, it was it was <laughs> it changes very quick. So um, yeah, throughout your thirty five years, and we're getting towards the end now because we want to know more about your business. But throughout your thirty five years, met any famous people other than Buddy? Oh God, yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I did. I've met. A lot of very famous people, and mm-hmm. I've had people say to me, well, "Where are all the pictures?" And I'm like, "I never took any." I Why? I always thought it was kind of weird, you know. I I have I have a few uh, that that I took, but I always I was always kind of a little shy about that. Hey, can I? You know, can we take a picture? I just I <laughs> I, I thought of it as kind of you know, I don't know. I, you know, I, if you were in this day and age, you wouldn't be shy about asking for a picture. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> well, that was another thing, too. I mean, now everybody, I mean, you got a camera on you constantly, constantly. and you can take take them anytime. But I, some of the, some of the people that I met that really stood out, uh, the country singer Garth Brooks and I had a wonderful time backstage at Ooh. one of his concerts in Boston. Uh, he, we just had a lot of extra time and here's a guy who at the time was just breaking and the guy was selling more albums than the Beatles and everything else. He, he was and he just starting? The, he was just starting. It was right when he broke. Oh, wow. Right when he broke, right, right before, right at the time that the, that the, uh, um, the Grammys came out and he walked away with an armful. Yeah. And so here we're we're sitting there talking and we're talking about sports and we're talking about you know the different genres of music nothing what he what he did and it was great it was it was just a great conversation uh I met a lot of political figures when I was when I was working out east uh Senator Kennedy uh in Massachusetts uh Christopher Dodd in Connecticut uh oh. Uh, just a, a, a number of political types because that was our one of the stations I worked at was a political news talk. talk. Uh, so they oh. were all there, but just you know the artists in general. I uh, today, and I I remember telling Teresa when I called her when I left downtown today. I said this was one of the highlights for me to meet Buddy Guy, and I've met him before, but I never had a chance to really talk to him yeah. like I did today. And uh, just a, a this this sweet man of music who is just a joy to speak. It was so much fun. And then, uh, you know, you meet, you meet some people that aren't so nice, you know, and, and you, you learn early on that when you do meet actors and actresses and all this, you know, I remember somebody said, wow, they were really nice. I'm like, 
they're paid to be nice. You know, <laughs> it's that I don't, you know, it's almost like the the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to, I'll tell you real quick, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this as quick as I can. My favorite person that I met was the actor Jeff Daniels. Oh. Now, Jeff has been in a number of movies, but he was in a movie called Pleasantville. And if you haven't seen the movie Pleasantville, I highly recommend you go get it and watch it and watch it again. Uh, it's a great story. Uh, when it first came out, it was it was really marketed as a comedy. And it's not a comedy. It's It's got some serious racial overtones to it. Okay. Uh, it's okay. it does have comedic elements to it, but it's got a very strong message. And when when Jeff Daniels came to the radio station, he was promoting a different movie that he made, a, a terrible, terrible movie that he made called Escanaba in the Moonlight, and it was just awful. But when I when I had the opportunity to interview him, I said, "Great, bring him in. I'd love to interview him." And we talked about Escanaba in the Moonlight. But the guy that was with him had all these different scripts of what we wanted to talk about. And before we went on the air, he handed them to me and I tore them up and I threw them away. And this, this kid, he was a kid, probably early 20s, fresh out of college, is looking at me like, what are you doing? And I said, trust me, this will be fine. And we, we talked for about two minutes about this Escanaba movie. And then there was a pause and I looked at him and I said, Tell me about Pleasantville. And he sat back in the chair and the tone of the interview totally changed. And he looked at me and he said, that was the greatest script that I was ever a part of. I love that movie. And we, he talked about a lot of the inner workings of it. And I really don't, I don't want to give it away. You got to watch it. You, you will, I am Alice, I promise you will, you will absolutely love it. And it was that when I got done with that interview, uh, we both looked at each other and it was just, we didn't have to say it. We just kind of looked at each other. Yeah, that was, that was fun. (laughs) That was was a good time. Uh, So yeah, it's, you do get a chance to meet a lot of people uh, from movies, music, sports, and on and on and on. And uh, as long as you remember that, you know, they're just, they're they're just regular people. They really are. Some of them are a little more uh, uh, enthralled with themselves than we are of them. And that's okay, you know. I guess you gotta you gotta do that too. It's what makes the world go around, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Don, tell me about Don Basement Productions. So now you're into television or film how your brother feeling about that <laughs> well you know what I, I i i will say that my brother unfortunately is no longer with us oh i'm so sorry. uh bob bob passed away um uh not too long ago but the the beautiful thing about all of this is i'm working again with bill natalie who worked with my brother and at one point you know today i i didn't say it to him today but i have said it to him in the past I just leaned over and said, boy, Bob has got to be looking down right now going, this is so great that you two are working together. And, yeah. and it's nice because I, with, with Bill and the stories that he has about Bob and the stories that I have about Bob, it's just, we're able to talk about that and it, it, it just feels so good. But the, the work that I do with Don's Basement Productions I do commercial voiceover. I, I do commercials. Uh, I am the the website is really simple. It's donsbasementproductions.com. Uh, it is going to be going through a little bit of a uh, uptick. I got a clean house a little bit. I did a soft opening with it uh, during COVID, and like everything else, it just kind of you know things were weird. And, Things got out of, out of hand, but I'll be I'll be working with more companies in 2021. Uh, I'll be doing more uh, consulting in 2021. 
Um, I, and I, I never really liked or cared for the word consultant because that there was always kind of a negative connotation with it. I'm more of a, I'll sit down with you and you tell me what you need and I'll do my best to help make that happen or fix it or whatever, it, whatever it needs. Um, I just, I, it, it gives me a chance to work with other people that are in this industry that are trying to get by during these days of COVID. It's just tough. There's a lot going on out there. And a lot of us have sat down in the past year and said, you know what, we can do this. We can do this. We can't do that. We're not going to, nobody's making a lot of money right now, but if we can make a little money, a little money's better than no money. And let's find some different ways to do it. We did a, a town hall meeting uh, back in March of last year, back in April, uh, a number of broadcast executives from around the country. And one of the comments that I made that I, I received a couple of emails from it that there were some people that were pretty upset that I said it. But I said, if, if you're planning on coming out of COVID the same way that you went into COVID, just stop, just shut off your station. Just, just stop because it's not, you're not going to be able to do that. You, you're going to need to, COVID is making everybody zig. You got to zag. You got to find a way to get around this. There's got to be different ways to make money with it. It is, Alice, it really is the, the epitome of ready, fire, aim. Do it, fix it, try it. Um, again, now there's a lot of people that are out of work right now in this industry and it's, Right across the board, not just broadcasters. Uh, you've got, you know, the, the you've got musicians, you've got promoters, you've and 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 when you talk about the promoters and the concerts, right down to the ticket takers and the people that sell the programs. You know, everybody's affected by it. And I'm lucky; I've been able to work with a couple of people who are in the process of doing, and they're already we've already booked 15 concerts. Uh, for 2021 that will be held at drive-ins. And not only will we be able to do the concert, but we're also going to be able to film it, stream it. We've got companies already lined up that want to sponsor it. Um, and it's it's really because of the a lot of the people that I, that I met with over the past nine years through the school, just a different context that I had, that are sitting back going, you know what, we can do this. We can we can try it, you know, and and if it doesn't work, you know, if it works, great. If it doesn't work, not so great, but I'm not gonna bang my head against the wall. I'll find another way to make it work. And uh that is I think such that, an awesome idea. That is yeah, awesome I, idea I, to, I, to do a concert at a um drive in. That's that is awesome. Yep, and they don't have to get out of the car. Uh there was the comedian Jim Gaffigan did one last year and he said that it was it was it was very enlightening mm -hmm. and it was very humbling because you you could hear the laughter it was it was more subtle because everybody was in their cars but whenever they would laugh they flashed their lights and he said he said that's how i knew i was hitting home because the lighter the brighter the lights got the more laughing they were doing that is an There's, awesome, awesome idea. So do you work with um, just companies or you work with individuals as well? Uh, individuals and companies. I, I just, uh, I'm going to be working uh, with a project with this uh, group, DSN Radio out of Arizona. I'm going to be doing some work with them in February. Um, there's a group up in Wisconsin that I'm, I'm doing work for their radio station, doing some consulting for them also we actually uh we're going to be meeting with their air staff by zoom he wanted us to get together in january there uh but that's not going to happen so we'll you know i wish i wish i would have had um stock in zoom a year ago uh <clears throat> i you know you <laughs> we'd be on i'd be on island don right now you know <laughs> but uh you know, it's there are a lot of companies out there that are very anxious to work with other with other companies and other individuals to make their business run 
as smoothly as possible. And and it's not just in broadcasting. There's there's other areas that uh, that you can help out, and that's so. Don's Basement Productions is really that, and then I do have a weekly radio show that I do on a number of internet and terrestrial radio stations called Don's Basement Tapes, and it's a it was you know what it was a gentleman that you know very well who really talked me into doing this show, Art Porter. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And Art Porter, Art and I shared an office together, as you know. Yes. When when he passed away, that was a very dark day. I I think about Art every day and what he what he taught me. And, you know, you're never too old to learn anything. Please. And no. he was the one that talked me into doing Don's Basement Tapes. And it's a it's a throwback to there used to be a, a radio format called AOR, which was adult-oriented rock back in the 70s. And it's music from that, and it's based on uh, the antics that would go on in my parents' basement back in the day, back in the 70s. Uh, it, uh, we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, um, well, what else can we expect? I know you said you're working on um, Buddy's... Um um, um film so mm-hmm. um uh, you got anything else lined up yeah you know i think there's a couple of other things that are in the works where we're still trying to nail down some stuff with it i i i do it i i owe you a debt of gratitude for allowing me to be on with you just to be able to get the word out about don's basement productions and don's basement yeah. tapes too because i uh, you know, you and I have known each other for quite a few years now, and I, you know, I'm lucky to be able to consider you a friend, and I'm very grateful for this. And uh, if, if if anybody is in need of, <laughs> of uh, commercial production or anything like that, uh, or writing or anything, DonSpacemanProductions.com. And voiceovers. And voiceovers. I've done... You I've not always very, loved a voice. <laughs> oh, thank you, Alice. <laughs> I, I've done, I've done some narration lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done some some other documentary work. I'm not going to be doing a lot of a lot of work, voice work with the Buddy Guy project right away. I will okay. be down the road, but uh, uh, Buddy is running my show uh, every every Tuesday night at eight o'clock. It's on. And right. uh, where can we hear right hear you at? Where's your radio? I mean, what internet if station? You go, if you go to on Tuesday nights, eight o'clock, buddyguyradio.com, okay. you can hear the show. Uh, here in the area in Northwest Indiana, uh, we have WLPR, Lakeshore Public Radio. They run it on Tuesday nights at 10 o'clock. There are a couple of internet stations and terrestrial stations. Uh, on-air stations in Chicago that run it. Uh, the list of all of those is up on Don's basementproductions.com. Uh, it's a fun show. It's only an hour. Uh, when I did it, when I first talked to Art about putting it together, and I told him some of the the antics that went on down in that basement and the characters that were a part of it, he said, you owe it to those people to do this show. Yeah. And when I, the music is fun. It's it, you get to bring back a lot of music that really hasn't seen the light of day in a long, long time. And the the, the real fun part of it is, for me is it's it's a bit of therapy without Ooh. having to pay a therapist. You know, Look, and, Don, we are not going to let you go without telling us some some type of antics. Come on now, you can't go without saying <laughs> something. Because <laughs> you can't just tell well, us. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it, what are the antics, Don? Come on. It it was the seventies, and you know, it was the. Uh, uh, you see this? You know. What is that? Give us one. Come on, give us one. Oh boy, let's see. Uh, there was a. My parents were were out of town, and the basement really became a hangout for about 
12 guys that I went to school with. And we were, we, the house was right across the street from the high school. So slowly every day, more and more people would start showing up down in the basement. And, uh, the the crowds got a little bit bigger and it got to the point where experimentation took place <laughs> in some areas uh with 11 herbs and spices and uh again it was it was back it was in the, the 70s day. <laughs> it was the 70s and i i i will share this and this is this has actually been i have been asked by a number of the guys to that's our puppy Sophie. Uh, Sophie. A number of the guys in the that came down to the basement to tell the story, and I never told this on the air. So you're you're, you're pushing me. So I'm going to go yes. ahead and tell it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we were we were sitting down in the basement, and uh, one of the guys brought out uh, brought out a joint, and he said. Can we smoke this down here? And I said, No, I, we can't. It's going to stink up the house. <clears throat> and he said, Well, what if we blow the smoke in the vent and it's it'll go out the door or it'll go down, you know, in the heating area? Nothing will happen to it. So we we lit it up and we're blowing the smoke in the vent, trying to make sure that it never gets it well. What happened was that vent went down the basement and it went down to where my dad's workbench was. And so he's working on some stuff on the workbench and the smoke is coming out of the vent, but he smoked. So he's, he's not really seeing it. And all of a sudden there's a knock on the basement door and it was dad and he came in and he's just smiling and happy. And he looks at all of us and hi guys. And I'm looking, now I'm looking at everybody like, oh my God, oh my God, I know what happened. So <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of the funny, that, that story gets brought up Almost every time that I get together with the guys, they're like, yeah, remember that time we got your dad high down in the basement? It's like, did you ever tell your dad what actually happened? Yeah, we did. Actually, we did. We we did. That happened about two weeks down the road because he came in and he was, we were sitting there eating. We had popped some popcorn that night and he came walking in and he sat down on the couch. He's like, ooh, popcorn. And he starts munching a bunch of popcorn like it was going out of style. So it was about two weeks later that we had to sit down and we we, we fessed up. You know, you know what? We got to tell him what really happened here. And, uh, oh my God, that is I, amazing. I was, lucky. I was lucky. You know, my parents were very, they were very progressive. They were very cool. They weren't at the beginning with my brother, but I think after they had Bob and then they had Mary, by the time I came around, they're like, you know what, just, just whatever. Go ahead, whatever, whatever you want. Right. <laughs> just don't burn the house just, down. <laughs> just don't burn the house down. Exactly. That is yeah. awesome. You know, it, so, it, it really became, if, if you know that 70s show, it, yes. I've had people that have said to me, that 70s show is based on your parents' basement, isn't it? <laughs> and I I said, you know, at first I was like, I did morning radio. I didn't see the show. It was on a, like oh. 8 o'clock at night. I was in bed, so right. I didn't see it. So I, when I finally saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, that is my parents' basement. And <laughs> it was never proven, but I think that there was somebody involved with the show who at some point in time, Ended up down there and took some ideas from it. But the night, the great thing about our basement, we, we had a better stereo. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure. Um, listen, people, make sure you check out Don's Basement Productions. All right, you can catch him on the radio. Uh, are you doing YouTube? You know, I have a YouTube channel, and I really haven't done much with it yet, and I. I did because somebody had told me you really should put all your stuff up on YouTube. You should. So the more that I do now that I'm getting involved with more production, video production, there will be more added. And the 
Don's Basement Productions YouTube channel. It's up. It is up. Uh, We're just we're not doing much with it yet, but we will. All right, so we're going to head on over to his webpage, to Don Production, DonBasementProductions.com, and we're going to send him a note and say, hey, you need to be on YouTube so we can see and hear, because these stories, because that is a hilarious story. So we need to hear more of those, right? And we need- Tell me more about the basement. Yeah, tell me more about the basement. What, 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 what all the crazy things went on with the basement. <laughs> Yeah, and then you should have some exactly. of your friends on. They're probably they probably spilled all the tea on you, Don. You know. Oh that, right? my God! Yeah. Oh. Oh, I know. I know. That's, <laughs> that's why I don't. That's why I leave them off the show. <laughs> Not fair, Don. We want to see your friends. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I think well, it's already been brought up. You know what we've done? We've done virtual cocktail parties, and uh, I, I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to record one of them. And when we have all of all of the people together and yeah. uh, and put that on YouTube, something so out of it, I think that'll be a lot of fun. It yeah. will be, it will be. Well, I want to thank you for joining me and, and giving us a lesson and history and oh my god, when do you expect the buddy the buddy story to come out? We're hoping that it's going to be uh, sometime in February. Late February will be the mm-hmm. first show. Uh, we're looking at. Uh, a couple different outlets for it right now, but it is going to be, it is going to happen. We should have the interview segments done very quickly. Uh, we've got some performance pieces that we're going to be doing, including some of the performances that Buddy did during his residency in January of past January. So it's exciting. It's going to be yes. really fun. Buddy is such a Chicago icon, a blues icon. We're so yes. lucky to have, still have him around with some of the other guys and, uh, I, I'm just, I am just thrilled that I'm able to be a part of this, to be one of the producers of the show. I'm just, I'm excited. Well, I'm it's excited great. for you. Well, congratulations on everything, Don. And I do consider you as a friend too. So thank you for doing this for me as well. Um, uh, and Alice, Alice, I, Alice, I treasure our friendship. You've been a great friend all these years and we'd still, we still have some stuff to do together and I'm very yes. grateful for you. Uh, allowing me to come on and, and talk and tell some crazy stories and uh, <laughs> get a little serious too. But uh, yeah. uh, it was an absolute thrill. Thank you so much. Thank thank you very much. Thank you for joining. And at the end of my show, I always say, um, doesn't matter how old you are, you can get up and you can start your life off. Every day that you can wake up and open up your eyes, you can get up and do something. Find your fire, be true to who you are, and whatever you do, inspire someone along the way. What about you, Don? There you go. That's good advice. That's good advice. My other advice for those that are getting into radio right away, rent everything. <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. All right, thank you.